0: Welcome to the path of revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I'm super, super excited. I have a great show today for you guys. Listen, I want to start out by saying um, shout out to all of the people who have been staying focused in the crazy times that we're living in right now. There's so many. It's so easy to get distracted and caught up in your emotions um, in the midst of everything that's going on today, from politics to um, COVID nineteen and the pandemic to racial tension that is occurring right now in our in our country, is so is it is so easy to get distracted and pulled into your emotions. So shout out to everyone who has been striving to um, allow the word of God to shape their worldview. Even in the midst of all the madness that's going on, it's not easy, you know. From from for myself, I've had to take time away from social media and and turn off social media or turn off the news just to get my mind renewed because there's so many voices right now. There's so many opinions and 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 people giving their opinion on critical issues that are happening right now, and I and I. I believe it's so important that we as Christians have the mind of Christ in the midst of this madness. I mean, we're supposed to be the light of the world. <laughs> and if we're not thinking through these things soberly um, with a confidence in God, with with real solutions, then, you know, we're, we're missing the mark in terms of walking in our purpose. And so shout out to everyone who has been striving to. Um, be effective and not use these times as an excuse to be lazy or not using these times as an excuse to get caught up in your feelings and your emotions, you know, because, you know, you can feel feel a type of way. But just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean you're right. (laughs) And that goes for all of us. Our emotions can can deceive us. The Bible lets us know in Jeremiah 17 that the heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked, who can know it, and so it's so important that we trust in the Lord with all of our heart, not trust in our heart, but trust in the Lord with all of our heart and not lean to our own understanding, so shout out to everyone who has been keeping God first, striving to walk in purpose and be proactive in the things that God has given you, and so, listen, uh, shout out to you guys. I want to shout out all the supporters of the Path of Revelation podcast. You guys are, are so encouraging. Just um, I'm always encouraged to hear you guys feedback on on the topics and the shows that I'm producing for you. And, and my goal is to continue to put out godly content, content that uplifts, challenges and inspires uh, believers to walk in their purpose in the midst of a wicked world. And so shout out to all the supporters of the Path of Revelation podcast. Um, I'm, I'm excited about the future shows that's coming up. I have a few guests lined up <laughs> on, for some future shows, some topics um, that I know are going to be a blessing to you. But listen, I want to hop into today's topic, which is on fear and love. And today's episode is really just building on last episode's on on last episode which I dealt with love and self-righteousness. But today I want to deal with love and fear. Some of us don't realize this, but some of us are trying to make sense of what's happening around us in the world today as well as our personal issues through a mindset that's dominated by fear and self-righteousness and some of us may not even be aware that these are things that we wrestle with like some of us are like man i'm not self-righteous i don't i'm just telling the truth or or some of us don't realize that we're 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 not walk, fully walking in what god has called us to walk into because of fear there are certain decisions and and things that God may has have impressed upon our heart different dreams and goals that we we're we're not we're making excuses for not um, pursuing out of fear, and, and so self righteousness and fear are are usually things that hinder us from our our true potential in God. But again, self righteousness is when you have the motivation and energy to dissect and be grieved by other people's sin while not being grieved by your own. And so some of us can be so busy. Some of us are so busy pointing the finger at everyone else. We're pointing the finger at our opposing political parties. We're pointing the finger at white people. We're pointing the finger at black people. We're pointing the finger at Black Lives Matter. We're pointing the finger at the LGBT community. We're we're even pointing the finger at the church. We're pointing the finger at everyone else. And listen, I believe in calling sin, sin. I believe in calling all men to repentance. But at some point in time, we're going to have to deal with ourselves first. I'm reminded of the story in Matthew 6 where Jesus says judge not lest you be judged. And then he talks about how you can be so busy pointing out the speck in someone else's eye that you're literally ignoring the log in your own eye. And Jesus says first deal with the log in your eye, then you can properly go and address or take out the speck in your brother's eye but some of but some of us are so busy many of us are so focused on what's wrong with the world that we're neglecting what's wrong with our home and we're neglecting what's wrong in our personal lives because it's a lot easier to focus on what's wrong with other people than to focus on what's wrong with you it's a lot easier for me to focus on what's wrong with, with other people than to actually look myself in the mirror and admit my own faults and shortcomings. And the reality is many of us refuse to take a long needed look in the mirror, not just because of self-righteousness, but because of fear of what we're going to have to face. Many of us have yet to really face our past. Many of us have Yet to really face our shortcomings, because we're afraid that if we actually face our shortcomings and our sin, we're afraid that it will be too much for us to actually bear. We're afraid that it that that we're afraid of what may be exposed or revealed to us. And we're afraid that it may be too ugly and nasty for us to take. But what, but what we have to understand, and hear me good, what we have to understand is that God does not show us the worst parts of ourselves to condemn us or to tear us down. But God shows us the worst parts of ourselves to build us up and to produce humility, grace, love, love. confidence in him. He says, I did not come to condemn the world, but to say that the world might be saved through me, that that the world might be saved through this glorious gospel. And so God isn't coming to condemn us, but he's coming to build us up. For some of us, we don't even realize that we're traumatized. We don't realize that the combination of everything that has transpired, even not I don't even have to go back far just this year some of us don't even realize the things that have just transpired just this year from our personal lives to national news has traumatized us and allowed fear to move in I mean from Kobe Bryant's death to the coronavirus pandemic where many of us were making plans to enjoy our lives to take vacations making plans for graduations. And then out of nowhere, the coronavirus just interrupts everything. To mass shootings. To watching videos of cops kill unarmed black men. I mean, it's traumatic where we're literally watching murders happen on tape. That's traumatic. Traumatic. And so we're we're traumatized because we're watching murders we're, we're watching what's going on in the world mixed with personal life, personal issues. And this combination creates the perfect storm or the perfect ingredient for fear to take residence. In our hearts and minds if we're not careful. So many of us don't even realize it, but now we're in a place where we're dominated by fear. It's it's become a part of who we are and we don't even realize it. I think one thing that these times or this year has shown all of us is just how much we're not in control. And for many of us, we begin to project that thinking onto God. In the church, we begin to interpret God's power and majesty and sovereignty through the lens of our doubt or, or through the lens of what's happening around us. And unknowingly, whether consciously or unconsciously, some of us have adopted the mindset that God isn't even in control or or that he just doesn't care. Because evil is present. And I believe one of the reasons why we why we come to these conclusions and hear me, hear me good. Just bear with me, please. I believe one of the reasons why we come to these conclusions is because we've allowed the world to indoctrinate us more than God's word. We've allowed the voices of the world to have a greater presence in our lives than the word of God. And listen, the voices in the world. Don't even have to agree with each other. They can actually be arguing with each other. Long as they're pointing you and steering you in any direction. But towards Christ, because Satan is the author of confusion. We've allowed the voices of of our political parties to become more influential in our life than the gospel. We've allowed Charlemagne and The Breakfast Club to have a bigger influence on us than the gospel. We've allowed people like David Banner or Dr. Umar, Trump, Black Lives Matter. We've allowed so many different organizations and voices to have a bigger influence on us than the word of God. And so now when it's time to actually trust in God, we struggle We struggle, we've allowed social media, we've allowed Facebook posts and debates that are happening to shape our worldview and how we view these things. And then we look up and wonder why we're so far away from the gospel, why we've become so weary and so weak. Listen, fear is something and and I'll just keep it real. I remember um I dealt with fear um recently. I I want to say this was probably in 2017. I was I was going through depression. I was dealing with heavy anxiety and fear. And I didn't even realize I didn't even realize how much I had allowed fear to, to dominate me at that point. And I believe the Holy Spirit gave me a dream. And without me going into all the personal things that I believe the Lord began to convey to me in the dream, one of the things that the Lord um, showed me or I believe spoke to me in, in, in this dream was that, hey, you are where you are right now because of fear. And this fear is not just causing you to struggle, but it's causing your entire family to struggle. And when I tell you it cuts so deep, like I literally didn't even realize it. Man, I just woke up and and instantly just began to repent and plead to God for for forgiveness and strength. And 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 one of the scriptures that constantly resonates with many of us when it when we talk about fear is 2nd Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 where it says for God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and love and self-control now that's the ESV but the King James says for God have not given us a spirit of fear but of power love in a sound mind listen god has not given us a spirit of fear but the world will and this is why it's so important that we be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed that we be transformed by the renewing of our minds listen to me Do not adopt the world's way of thinking. See, many of us have been spending more time listening to the world's commentary and diagnosis on what's wrong with the world than listening to the great physician's diagnosis on what's wrong with the world. Listen, I can't look for the answers. On Fox News. I can't look for the answer on CNN. I can't look for the answer on The Breakfast Club. I can't look for the answer from, from the Republic, Republican Party or Democratic Party. The only one who has the true answer, the only one who is truly the answer for sin, for this sin sick world is Jesus Christ. What we don't realize A lot of times is that because we live in a fallen world. God's power isn't just displayed by preventing evil. But his power is often demonstrated in causing us to endure evil and overcome evil. So what that means is as a result of us living in a fallen world because of Adam's sin and sin entering in the into the world And death by sin, God doesn't always prevent, prevent death or bad things from happening. And that's a harsh reality for us to accept. But God doesn't always prevent death and bad things from happening. So his power and his grace isn't just displayed in the absence of evil, but in the midst of evil. God doesn't promise. Now, hear me good. When I say this, God doesn't promise that we're not going to suffer in this life. He actually promises the opposite. I want to look at second Timothy chapter two, verse three through five in the King James version. It says thou, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Verse four, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who have chosen him to be a soldier. So you mean hold on. So you mean to tell me one of the prerequisites for pleasing God is to endure hardness? Absolutely. God caused for us to endure hardness, to endure tribulations. Does that mean that we don't live a a life of purpose and abundance? No, but hardness and trials are a part of our journey in this fallen world. Bad things are going to happen, but praise God that we serve a good God But verse 4 says this, I want to go back to this and point something out. It says, no man that war entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. We have to realize that we are in a war. And one of the most important things that we have to realize as it pertains to the war that we're in is that this war is not natural, but a spiritual war. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are are not carnal in other words the weapons of our warfare are not natural they're not fleshly Uh, uh, a ak-47 is not going to do you any good in this war grenades and a grenade launcher is not going to do you any good in this war it says no man that warf entangleth himself with the affairs of this life in other words i can't allow social media to distract me I can't allow what CNN or Fox News is reporting to cause me to to lose sight of what my mission really is, which is to preach the gospel and to make disciples. Some of us have abandoned our missions to defend our ethnicity. Some of us have abandoned our missions to proclaim our political affiliations. Some of us have abandoned our missions for the sake of standing up for our our pride and our own self righteousness and we have lost sight of the fact that we are in a war against a real devil who is already defeated but we have to take our rightful place as believers verse 5 says and and if a man also strive for master masteries Yet, is he not crowned except he strive lawfully? I want to look at um, these scriptures in the ESV, 2nd Timothy chapter two, verse three through five. Now I'm going to I want to read it in the ESV version. It says share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits. In other words, what what other people are pursuing is not what we're pursuing. We don't get distracted and, and, and entangled in what the world is fighting for, because we know what we're fighting for. We, we should be fighting to win people to this glor- to this glorious gospel. We should be striving to love the Lord, our God, with all of our heart, our mind and our soul and to love our neighbor as ourselves. It says, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Our goal is to please Jesus. Verse 5 An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Listen, we are to compete according to the rules. But we first have to realize that we are of a different government. We are of a kingdom that is not of this world. And so our kingdom isn't Democrat. Our kingdom isn't Republican. Our kingdom isn't even independent. But our kingdom is ran by Jesus Christ. And he is king of kings and Lord of Lords. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God. And so we have to know who we are and we have to constantly remind ourselves who we are because there are many voices that will strive to push us in a box. But the God we serve can't be confined to a box so with all this being said for many of us love and fear are constantly at war within us but what we have to realize is that love and fear cannot coexist everything that we do as believers should be motivated by our love for god Love should be our motivation. First Corinthians chapter 13, I read it last week, how it talks about it doesn't matter if you have prophetic powers. It doesn't matter if you have wealth of knowledge and deep revelation of the scriptures. It doesn't matter if you have faith to remove mountains. It doesn't matter if you give your body to be burned. None of those things matter if you don't have love. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 6, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. You know what I notice about fear? When you are controlled by fear, it actually produces or opens the door to the opposite of all the things that I just read. When you are controlled by fear, it produces a lack of patience, it produces a rude, unloving spirit, it produces jealousy and envy. It produces resentment and disappointment. It produces things that are counter to the spirit of God. But I'm reminded of first John chapter four, verse 18 through 19. It says there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Hallelujah. For fear is, Has to do with punishment in the King James, it says, but fear has to do with torment. It torments you and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Listen, I want to be perfected in love. I don't know about you. I want to be perfected in love. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. We have to be motivated by love. The love of Christ has to be our foundation. Many of us don't even realize we're struggling in this time. Our emotions are all over the place because prior to the pandemic, prior to all of the craziness that has happened in 2020, and even even in the midst of this, we have been listening to preachers preach a prosperity message that that is all about us that includes God but is really about us and even in God getting glory is still about us (laughs) God getting glory is when we get glory like we we have to stop listening to these self-centered messages that use the Bible but does but doesn't actually preach the Bible The prosperity gospel, the self-centered gospel, which is not the gospel at all, falls flat on its face in times of hardness. Many of us think that we're we're struggling and, and going through because of, of, of lack of faith, not realizing we've given all of our money in, in, in hotlines and offering lines and because we were promised that God will move on our behalf and, and now we're sitting here broke because we were listening to a preacher who was not preaching anything preaching biblical principles but was really just trying to get your money and now when we start going through these hard times we can't even hold these preachers accountable for real they get to just say oh you're struggling because of lack of faith but hold up When I sowed those seeds, that was my faith. That was me applying works to my faith. But, But listen, I don't want to get too far on a tangent. We have to make sure that love is our foundation. We have to constantly meditate on the goodness of Jesus, meditate on the gospel and what he actually did for us. And so I begin to ask myself, How did how did Jesus overcome fear? How did Jesus deal with fear? When we look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And so I begin to think, like, how did Jesus overcome the world? How did he specifically overcome fear? And I want to look at Matthew chapter 26, where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, starting at verse 38 specifically. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he begins to feel anxiety and fear. He begins to feel the weight of his mission and what he's about to go through, he 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 begins to feel the weight of what he's about to endure in terms of being smacked in the face, spit on and uh, scourged where his flesh is ripped from his bones and 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 his mission to die on the cross for us. And so he begins to feel great anxiety and fear. But let's let's how did Jesus overcome fear? Verse eight, Jesus begins to say, then said to the, then said he to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death, remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. In other words, what he's talking about when he says, let this cup pass from me, he's referring to everything he's about to go through. He says he's just keeping it real right now. He's like, man, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Man, this is how some of us feel right now. We're trying to watch and pray. And And when we look on social media and some of the people that we looked up to and people that we were fighting, that were fighting side by side with us, now they're asleep. Now they're distracted. They're getting into foolish debates and they're they're not even talking like a Christian right now in the midst of all the chaos that's going on. And we like, man, could you not just watch and pray with me? But for an hour, he says, the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak again. For the second time, he went away and prayed my father. If this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. Now listen, Jesus. Um, I think it's in John. It talks about how in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was going through all of this and praying, the Bible lets us know that he began to sweat blood, which is a medical condition called hematodrosis. Um, it hematodrosis is when you're so overtaken by anxiety and stress and fear you your I, I believe your 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 veins begin to pop and you'll begin to sweat blood the Bible lets us know that he began to sweat blood because of the intensity of the moment but when we look at what Jesus prayed it's not what he felt it was his response to what he felt. And so I began to ask myself, how did Jesus overcome fear? The first thing that he did was he wasn't in denial about his fear. He wasn't in denial about it. He said, God, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. My soul is exceeding sorrowful. Some of us can't even deal with our fear because we're not willing to be honest about it. We're not ready to admit. Our weakness and 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 how stricken with grief or sorrow that we are or how fearful we are of failure but jesus was not in denial about what he felt he laid it all out there he gave verse and and, in the second point he gave it to god Because he wasn't in denial about it, he was able to give it to the father in submission to the father's will. You can never give God your weakness. Now, hear me good. And this is something that you can write down and take it to the bank. You can never give God your weaknesses and he not exchange it for strength. I'm going to say that again. We can never truly surrender and give God our weaknesses without him responding with strength. Without him responding with grace and endurance and 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 that ultimately will produce joy in our lives. Remember, Paul. And when he writes about the thorn in his flesh, he says he prayed three times, God, take this away from me. Take this away from me. And the Lord responded, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And Paul responds, man, I rather now that I have this revelation, I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. See, we have to learn how to give it to God. Give your fear to God. Give your stress to God. Give your anxiety to God. But many of us and and catch me. This is so important. What I'm about to say, many of us think we're giving it to God, but we're really not giving it to God because we're going to everyone else first before God. We're taking our fear and anxiety and our stress and our emotions to social media. We're we're taking our fear and and our stress to everyone else first. And then we want to try to take it to God and God is like, man, you you already gave it to other people. What do you want me to do with God wants to be number one in our lives? Don't allow fear to get in the way of you submitting to God's purpose for you. And so Jesus surrendered. He acknowledged the reality of what he was feeling. But the reality of his father was greater than what he was feeling. And I don't know about you guys, just because you feel fear doesn't mean that you have to be dominated by it. We have to remind ourselves that for God, we sometimes I feel like we we, we read, we, we recite these scriptures, but we don't really take time to search the scriptures and see the application of them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We, we read verses about the love of God. But we fail to apply it practically in our lives. Jesus was on the cross. As they mocked him and said, save yourself. And he says, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. That was love, y'all. Yet while we were in sin, Christ died for us. And so the God that we serve isn't always going to remove evil sometimes God's purpose and plan is to flex his muscle in the midst of evil so we don't just serve a God who knows how to eliminate evil but we also serve a God who's present even in the midst of it we serve a God who will tell the storm peace be still while at the same time call you out the boat. In the middle of a storm. <laughs> he's God. When there's no storm. And he's God even in the midst of it. I pray that you're encouraged. I pray that you're strengthened. I'm going to pray real quick. Father God I just pray for the listeners. God I pray that you. Encourage their hearts. Help us. To have confidence that because you are our high priest, Lord. Because you can be touched with the feelings of our infirmity, because you were tempted in all ways as we are yet without sin. God, let us have a confidence that we can come boldly before your throne of grace, that we receive mercy. And faith. Favor and grace in the time of need. Lord, I pray that you would encourage the hearts of the listeners. Strengthen them, Lord. Renew their minds. Renew our minds, Lord. Create in us a clean heart. Renew the right spirit within us, Lord. Forgive us for every sin. Forgive us for our self righteousness. Forgive us for our fear for allowing fear to take precedence, presidents in our life over faith in you because we know in your word you said without faith it is impossible to please you so lord help us to live by faith the just shall live by faith help us to walk by faith not by sight help us to meditate on your word day and night that we be as a tree planted by a body of water Lord, God, we love you. We trust you. We we praise you. We exalt you, Lord. Lord, I pray your strength, God, I pray that you touch everyone in the name of Jesus. Destroy every yoke that binds in the name of Jesus and Lord, we glorify you. We honor you. We worship you in Jesus. Mighty name. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of God. Amen. Listen I pray that this show touched you, inspired you, blessed you. Make sure you go to pathofrevelationnow.com to leave your prayer requests. If you would feel led to donate or give to Path of Revelation, you can do so at the website. Um, My PayPal is pathofrevelationnow at gmail.com. Or you can cash App Gabriel T. Parker. Listen, I, I, I appreciate your support and love, and I'm praying for you and praying with you. Listen, thank you for tuning in to the Path of Revelation podcast, and this is Where the Culture meets Scripture.